0: We're talking wellness at Memorial Care Health System. It's time for Weekly Dose of Wellness. Here's Deborah Howell. And welcome to our show. This is your Weekly Dose of Wellness. I'm Deborah Howell, and today our guest is Dr. Ryland Melford III, a specialist certified in cardiovascular disease by the American Board of Internal Medicine. Dr. Melford comes to us today from Saddleback Memorial Medical Center in Laguna Hills. Welcome, Dr. Melford.
1: Well, thank you. Good morning.
0: Beautiful Laguna Hills. Oh, my. Oh, my.
1: <laughs> That's certainly true. We we like to say uh, it's another day in paradise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where is my golf club? All, all right. right. Today, we're going to try to find out a lot more about statins, their uses, benefits, and side effects. We'll also try to debunk some of the myths surrounding this well-known treatment for high cholesterol. So, first of all, Dr., what are statins?
1: So statins, uh, Deborah, are medications uh, that are prescribed often by cardiologists or internal medicine physicians uh, with the goal of lowering cholesterol. Now, the statin actually acts on a specific enzyme in the liver. So I think it's important for patients to know that statins really do not impact uh, the cholesterol that's in their diet that they ingest. It really, in fact, impacts instead the production of uh, hepatic or what we call liver-associated cholesterol.
0: Interesting. Okay, so why are statins prescribed then?
1: Right, and so so what we've found is that in prescribing statins, impacting this liver enzyme and thereby reducing the liver's production of cholesterol, we can impact the mediation of uh, cholesterol moieties that increase risk of cardiovascular disease. And so we prescribe statins specifically to reduce those components of cholesterol metabolism that increase risk of cardiovascular disease, both in patients who've had cardiovascular events, heart attacks or strokes in the past, and those who are at high risk because of risk factors.
0: Got it. Now, who should be taking statins?
1: Right. So typically, uh, a patient with a history of dyslipidemia, and and I can sort of simplify that to uh, those with an elevated cholesterol or an LDL cholesterol. That's important to know.
0: The bad bad bad
1: cholesterol. Right. And I always remember that or or remind patients that uh, remember L. So it's LDL. We want that one to be low. The HDL, we want to be high. So we look for patients who have a history of dyslipidemia with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease to be those that uh, that would primarily benefit from statin therapy.
0: Okay. You know, you see a lot of press coverage today, and it's focused on the negative side of, you know, the effects of statins. So what do patients need to know about them?
1: Well, I think it's important to know that in general, statins are very safe medications if prescribed appropriately and if monitored appropriately. Okay, and if you look at the clinical trials, uh, the indications for stopping a statin in a patient is very low, Okay, or the frequency, rather, requiring uh, cessation of statin therapy is very low. However, in clinical practice, in my clinical practice, and those of my colleagues, it's not uncommon uh, that a patient may experience, for instance, side effects related to muscle weakness or muscle pain. So it's important to note that if, if that uh, circumstance become pres- becomes present to notify your physician, But again, uh, another concern uh, has been the impact of statins on the liver, potential for uh, liver disease related to statins. And that uh, is an important issue, I think, to debunk because the the incidence of statin-associated liver disease is very rare. Okay? And it's very uncommon that a statin needs to be discontinued because of an in- increase in liver enzyme uh, uh, ratio or concentration. And then lastly, I would say, and what we've seen more recently, I think, in the media are the issues related to statins and memory loss or cognitive dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And there's really no strong data to support that, I have to say. I actually reviewed this again last night. Um, but what we have found is that there is some anecdotal evidence that some of the statins and, and those uh, primarily that have been associated are uh, lovastatin, fluvastatin, uh, simvastatin, and atorvastatin could potentially be associated with memory loss. And so if, if a person uh, or patient rather notes memory loss after uh, a statin is initiated, then they should contact their physician for evaluation. And then there are other statins. Uh, two in particular, rosuvastatin and pravastatin, that could be considered in the high-risk individual. They haven't been associated with the memory deficit uh, or cognitive dysfunction as
0: a uh, complaint. Everybody's different, so everybody's right. going to have a different reaction. Exactly. Okay. Are there any safety issues that patients need to be aware of when taking statins? Well, again,
1: you know, I, I would say that uh, the primary issues that uh, that we are interested in and we find clinically significant are those related to. Uh, the liver, and again, what we do typically is we don't monitor liver uh, enzymes in patients on statins, but we may check a baseline liver function test to begin uh, after therapy is initiated. And again, I would uh, caution patients if they notice any memory loss or they they, uh, seem to note or their family notes a change in their cognitive function, that certainly is something to alert your physician about, any muscle pain or weakness. uh, those sort of symptoms should be reported to their physician. But again, I, I, would, uh, I would stress that the requirement to uh, decrease or to cease statin therapy related to adverse effects is a rare phenomenon, despite what we may read uh, uh, in the media.
0: Good to know. Now, let's get into the good stuff. What are some of right. the benefits of statins?
1: Right, right. So the benefits of statins, again, revolve primarily uh, around their cholesterol-reducing capacity but also around additional benefit that one receives at the level of the vessel itself. So let's, let's start with the cholesterol metabolism. Generally, statins will reduce the bad cholesterol by 30 to 60%. Wow. And also, exactly, which is a, a dramatic uh, reduction uh, from our perspective. They will also help reduce the patient's triglycerides, typically by about 20 to 40%. And uh, generally, as a class, they will help to increase the HDL, or the good cholesterol. Again, H, we want it to be high. By about 5% but I should also mention that that intravascular benefit results in essentially some blood thinning um, the statin really I guess the best way to say it in layman's terms is that the statin is able to promote health from an intravascular perspective which helps reduce the risk of heart attack and cardiovascular events by up to 30% which is a dramatic reduction
0: Definitely. Anytime you can get your cholesterol down to 30%, I mean, I mean, down by 30% is a good day.
1: Absolutely.
0: And even beyond that, how are statins useful beyond lowering the cholesterol levels?
1: Right. And again, so one interesting uh, element in the history of statins as, as they've been presented to the world is that we see a, a reasonable, no, I'll, I'll say this, we see an essentially equivalent reduction in the risk of cardiovascular events in patients who have normal cholesterol compared to those who have elevated cholesterol. So again, that points out the significance of the intravascular impact of statin therapy that is separate from the cholesterol lowering capacity. Okay, and so that I think is, is really the significant benefit that we as cardiologists see, because associated with that has been a significant reduction in the risk of cardiovascular disease and death in patients.
0: Are some statins better than others?
1: Right, so that's a good question, Uh, and I I would say uh, I wouldn't say that there are statins that are "quote" better per se. So, in other words, there is no statin that independently demonstrates greater efficacy or reduction in events. There are more potent statins, for instance, rosuvastatin and atorvastatin are the two most potent statins in in this class of medications. And they will reduce uh, the LDL by, you know, they're the ones who sort of sit in that 60% range of reduction at higher doses. Mm -hmm. And so it really is individualized. So I wouldn't say better. I would say that, um, you know, prescription of a statin should be on a more individualized basis depending on the patient's needs and risk.
0: Got it. And is there there a different level of statin for women versus men or maybe low-body weight people versus higher-body weight people?
1: That's a good question. In generally, in general, no. Now, what has been seen, however, interestingly, is that in, in the Asian population, they tend to be more sensitive to lower doses of statins. And so, mm-hmm. if you read the uh, the insert for rosuvastatin, it actually recommends starting lower doses um, in Asian populations because of an expected dramatic or a potential uh, increased impact at, at the lower dose, and therefore. Hopefully, fewer side effects associated with that uh, initiation of therapy.
0: That is very interesting. Right. Um, I have one last question for you: Are statins sure. the only way to manage cardiovascular risk?
1: Oh, that's an excellent question, and, and my answer to that is: uh, as a preventative cardiologist, is absolutely not. Um, in fact, you know, statins are only one component of, of a, a myriad of opportunities to modify risk. You know, uh, from a pharmacologic perspective, obviously, enteric aspirin. Um, at a very low dose, 81 milligrams daily, can decrease cardiovascular risk in the appropriate population, again, the higher risk population by about 13 percent.
0: Can I stop you there for one question? You uh, you said something about the coating, I think, which is important. Maybe you can get into that just a little bit.
1: I'm sorry, into?
0: The coating of the aspirin?
1: Oh, right, right. So enteric coated. Enteric coated aspirin is essentially aspirin that is coated to prevent its impact on the lining of the stomach, okay? So, uh, you know, aspirin, Uh, when not coated, can have an impact on the lining of the stomach and theoretically uh, increase risk of bleeding. So when it's enteric coated, that means that it's an aspirin that has a coating that prevents uh, the impact of the actual acid aspirin on the stomach lining, so therefore shouldn't increase risk of bleeding. And it's something that we use in patients unless we're in an acute coronary syndrome where we need rapid absorption of aspirin.
0: That okay. is a wonderful, wonderful tip for people. Thank you for that. And then back to the statins being the only way to manage cardiovascular risk.
1: Right. And, and I would certainly use this opportunity or this last minute or two to stress the importance of the patient's involvement in, in, their man, in management of cardiovascular risk. Diet and exercise are critical components and really can't be substituted for by any other therapy. But beyond that, excellent control of blood pressure, Obviously, good management of diabetes with the hemoglobin A1c goal of less than 7%. Um, You know, these are the other elements that we look to, cessation of smoking and those sorts of things, okay? Um, And so, really, to remove any element, I think, is, uh, is, uh, you know, challenging the best opportunity to care for patients because all of this, the entire constellation of what I've discussed is important in modifying risk in this very problematic disease.
0: Just excellent information. Thank you so much, Dr. Melford, for coming on the show today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed the time.
0: We really appreciate it. And to learn more or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org. I'm Deborah Howell. Join us again next time as we explore another weekly dose of wellness and have yourself a fantastic day.